Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Reptile Living Room. It's been uh, a little bit of time since we were uh, broadcast. Basically, we're uh, being more selective in our interviews and who we interview and what we interview about in regards to the herpeticulture and herpetology industry. With that said, there's also a lot of changes coming up here in 2013 for the entire Reptile Apartment Group, which you may or may not have heard about if you follow the blog uh, reptileapartment.com, reptileapartmentcanada.com. Um, I may be going to Canada. Well, let me rephrase that. I am going to Canada. Uh, I may actually be moving there here in the next uh, few months or so. Uh, it's pretty much a done deal, but, you know, just going up to finalize a few things uh, before making the jump. Uh, some opportunities have come up in Canada that I want to pursue that are going to make uh, not only my personal life better, but also the life of the Reptile Apartment Group. Uh, a lot better. So, with that said, we will update as possible and as often as possible as details do become available. Today's episode, we're basically going to be talking to Chris Law from Central Florida Zoological Services, and uh, all the introductions are coming up here quick. So, real quickly before we get into the interview, we are brought to you today by Herpeticulture House Magazine. Of course, that's herphousemag.com. You can pick up uh, both volumes, one and two, now on the website. Uh, and our 2012 annual is out and released to the public, which we didn't think it was going to be. We were not going to make it available to non-subscribers of the magazine, but we decided to go ahead and sell it as a single issue. So in that single issue, there is reptile vet awareness, um, reptile nutrition, uh, breeder spotlight with uh, Matt Sonoda from Rising Sun Reptiles, and just a lot of killer information. We do cover some venomous species uh, from Tripsy Tarantula, is in there so definitely pick up a copy it's only five bucks someone yesterday had said you know one of the best uh the best magazine out there for half the cost uh what you'd pay for in print magazines with uh, out the advertisement so that was a good endorsement uh do check it out you know pick up a copy or subscribe you know whatever you want to do we could really use the uh support from the reptile community or reptile industry as it were so without further ado let's jump into the interview with uh, Chris Law and talk about USR, Herp Alliance, and PJAC. Today we're on the line with uh, Chris Law, who you may know from Central Florida Zoological Services as well as being the conscious keeper on the reptile apartment. And basically, we're going to talk today in regards to all the speculation and um, what have you going on with the new organization of the Herp Alliance, which is being founded by. Uh, Andrew Wyatt, who has recently left U.S. ARC, and we're also going to be talking about PJAC and basically just not really doing any speculation per se, but more talking about, you know, what what our uh, views are on basically where the industry is going, where we're headed, and uh, where we see this going. As you know, uh, the reason Chris was brought on for uh, Reptile Apartment was because of his advocacy in not the industry, but mainly the treatment of the animals, which I think is being lost among all the detritus of this group and that group. So, without further ado, Chris, how are you, sir? I'm pretty good, brother. How are you? Uh, I'm doing well. You know, trying to keep up on all the latest updates as they, you know, stream across the news networks and social networks and everything else. But uh, <laughs> it doesn't it's seem like... they fiery path, that's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You know, it's like no one's got the answers. 
And, uh, you know... I, I certainly don't either. You know, it's, uh... When you have three different organizations, three of them are, are, are going to be large. I mean, these are what uh, everybody's going to predominantly look to as their protecting organization that is there to serve them and help preserve their rights to keep uh, reptiles. And and it, it, as much as I'd like to say, hey, you know, these all, all three of these organizations have a place, they technically could if they would just, you know what, hey, we need to put our differences aside and we need to, you know, we need to dig into the ground, get our, get our footing here and try to work together. Um, if, if they, you know, laid out all the BS, they, you know, they just said, hey, here's what we need to do, here's our position, here's what we're willing to do, we can try to work from these angles, you guys can work from this angle, you guys work from this angle, and if they all try to do that, we might actually stand a chance, but at this point, all I'm seeing is further divisiveness, uh, you're seeing, you know, uh, U.S. SARC, they're pointing fingers and saying, hey, no, uh, this is what we're standing for, um, Andrew Wyatt pretty much left us, I and dry, Andrew Wyatt's like, hey, no, we had an opinion, uh, so I've started my own organization, PJAC, kind of sitting over here in the corner going, hey, you know what, we're still going to you know, do what we've been doing for all this time. We're going to be in the big box prep stores, yada, yada, yada. Right. It, you know, to right. me, all I'm seeing is everybody just kind of, you know, pointing fingers and trying to shove everybody else back and saying, hey, don't step on our toes, we're doing our thing. Mm-hmm. And, and it, as much as you'd like to say, hey, well, at least we're getting something done, to me, they're not really getting much done. Right, you know, and that was one of the things, you know, that uh, myself and, and you and several other members of the Reptile Apartment Group are currently working on is, um, you know, really taking a hard look at, you know, okay, who's doing what, why, where, when, you know, and how are they doing it? You know, because a lot of people are speculating and making statements of, for instance, that PJAC is the representative of the big box stores. And then U.S. Arc is the representative for the little guys, you know. And as we were talking about, and as we have talked about in the past, if you look at the boards that are, you know, the deciding members, if you will, in these organizations, they're all affiliated with big box stores. <laughs> of course, you know. Yeah, and, so, I, and that's the thing. And don't get me wrong. I mean, we need that, right? Um, you know, these 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 big companies, these big box stores, they have a lot of clout. And the, prim- the primary purpose behind that is when you have a, a particular financial incentive that uh, it, it helps to reinforce our place in the economical perspective of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we are looking at, right now, especially in this country where economic issues are one of the most, you know, one of the most critical aspects of, uh, of most of our, uh, our thought processes each day it's you know we're we're all trying to decide you know how are we going to pay our bills you know we can't afford this we can't afford that we're having to cut back on this or you know some of these people don't have jobs at all so right now governmentally the the economy is a big factor in the decision making processes you know what what should we legislate what should we not Uh, so it's understandable to have these big box test stores on our side because we do need them to help say, hey, you know what, well, we have an economic uh, benefit to us. I mean, we bring in X number of dollars to the economy through our practices and our business. So, you know, if you're too small of a business, then it's too easy for the government to just say, hey, you know what, it's, it's, it, you know, it's too, uh, it, it, it's not worth our time to consider you at this point. I mean, it, and if, 
your, your position here is too trivial. We don't really need you. We don't really, uh, you're not really making any type of important impact for us. So if we have, and we're bringing in X billion of dollars a year to all of our different uh, avenues, whether it's big box pet stores, you've got that private company building specific products for, for reptile keeping, and plus you have the breeders themselves, uh, all of that contributes to the financial incentive for keeping us around. So we can't really argue too much about that. Right, right, exactly. And, you know, now, there's also rumors that I've seen um, coming across some of the social networks and things of that nature that um, PJAC and U.S. ARC are sudden are going to start working together, and that was another aspect of you know said speculation. Well, they, they, from but my understanding, they always were. That's what I was going to say. Is haven't they always been working together? I mean, just recently in that um, broadcast uh, Congress hearing, or at least I believe it was a Congress uh, congressional hearing. PJAC and U.S. ARC were sitting right there next to right. each other. And, and that, that, that doesn't necessarily mean that they were working together uh, you know, on a, an official business perspective. Right. Um, they, they, you know, PJAC earned their spot at the table, you know, one mm-hmm. way or the other, because they had a representative to speak on their behalf. Um, that, so, I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean anything, but they still have certain, they have mutual friends and benefits within that uh within their connection with right. one another. So, you know, they're always going to work together to some extent. <laughs> and I'm hoping that with Andrew Wyatt's new organization, that whatever issues are, are out there between him and U.S. ARC and U.S. ARC and him, um, you know, Jeff Berger is also uh, speaking up on behalf of Kingsnake.com right. and uh, RAAC, uh, which... You know, I was really disappointed. That, you know, when, I mean, I was glad that Jeff Berger did the uh, uh, the symposium uh, that he did several months ago. Uh, I thought that was exactly what we needed. Unfortunately, but the one organization that I expected to do that was U.S. ARC. Right. right. And they didn't. It took and it took uh, Jeff Berger stepping up and doing that. And to me. And th- that to me spoke volumes as to which direction uh, U.S. ARC was going, and I can't necessarily say that specifically that that was all the fault of Andrew Wyatt. Uh, I can't say that it, you know. I, there's a lot of when you're talking about a nonprofit organization, it's really hard to say exactly who's at fault for calling what shot. Uh, a lot of people were saying, well, Andrew Wyatt was the um, uh, he, he pretty much took control of, of uh, U.S. ARC, and he was. You know, playing his own tune and doing and making all of his own rules, and I, I have a hard time believing. I mean, maybe this is just being naive, but I have a hard time believing that somebody's shelling out to him eighty or ninety thousand dollars a year, and they're just letting him do his own thing and not be questioned on it. Or you know, the whole point of a of a nonprofit organization is for the board to help back the CEO as to what exactly they want to see accomplished, see achieved. Mm-hmm. So I cannot say that I would like to place 100% blame on Andrew Wyatt on no. all this. I mean, I, of course, I can't be wrong, and people have surprised me before, um, but I, I'd like to think that uh, you know the, the board of U.S. ARC would not be stupid enough to you know shell out that kind of money and not have a say-so in what his activities were. Yeah, I mean, that just... You know, not only is it poor business, that's just, I mean... <laughs> that's, just a, that's just a different level of stupid. Yeah, yeah that's just, just unfathomable, it's, completely. 
I mean, that's a lot of money. I mean, even for, I mean, a lot of CEOs of nonprofit organizations, they make, you know, six digits. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, that's all well and fine. I understand that, you know, he might be a bargain in many respects, but then there's also the call into question about his qualifications for, for that position. And again, I mean, maybe he didn't have a background that most people would consider uh, you know, professional for what you know his, uh, he was trying to achieve. Mm -hmm. um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that somebody still cannot be effective. Uh, there's right. been a lot of people kind of come out of the woodwork somewhere and they didn't necessarily have a background in, in a particular field, but they still excelled in it. So I'm not past giving somebody a shot. Yeah. Um, you know, and he, while Andrew was disappointing in some respects that I've seen him, um, I, I could definitely say I've seen worse. Oh, God, you know, yes. it, it, So, you know, it, to me, it, it, it's, it, it's a catch-22 scenario. We at least had somebody, and who we would want, who we technically need is somebody that is well-grounded in the scientific community, that is also, that has a lot of credentials behind them, mm -hmm. maybe even has some legal experience as well. I think if we had somebody of, of, of that background, we would have uh, a huge donor in our cap. But, you know, that's going to be hard to find for what we can afford. And a lot of the people that have that kind of background already have successful careers doing something that they already enjoy. So Andrew Wyatt stepped up and, you know, somebody had to at some point. You know, and that's and, one of the things that uh, a colleague of ours actually said to me personally in a, another conversation was, you know, <coughs> A lot of, you know, just like you said, a lot of the people that would be, you know, the quote-unquote perfect fit already have, you know, careers that they cannot, you know, they're not just going to drop it and be like, oh, okay, sure, you know, right. and what they had said was, you know, Andrew gave up, literally gave up five years or eight years or however long he was with U.S. Arc of his life to, you know, live, eat, breathe U.S. Arc. That's all this guy did. Now, how many exactly. other people are going to do that's that? The common, <laughs> that that's, that's, the, that's, the, that's the typical CEO of a nonprofit, though, uh, because a nonprofit, most of them don't have a lot of paid employees unless you are a large, large nonprofit like Humane Society of the United States that have you know, millions of dollars coming in yeah. every year. Uh, they have the kind of money that they can afford uh, you know, other, uh, other employees and people to, you know, to do the work they're in, but... You know, we don't have that, that luxury. Right. Uh, we technically could if, if the entire community truly unified and said, hey, okay, yeah, I'm a breeder. No, I don't make a lot, but I'm going to try to contribute what I can. And if everybody tried to really, you know, everybody who has held a, a reasonable uh, size position as a, either a breeder or a service provider or something of that nature in this community said, okay, yeah, I'm going to contribute, you know, at least a small percentage of, of what I bring in this cause to help fight, if they did that, then we might actually be able to at least afford a few good people who can help uh, steer us in the right direction. But in the meantime, we don't really have that luxury, so we have to try to work with whoever we can get at this point in time. Yeah, exactly. No, but I mean, of course, I mean, you want the person to be professional, you want this person to at least have a, a clean record who has you know, something that you, know, you can look at and say, hey... This person, you know, has, you know, the best interest of her community in mind. 
they uh, they are a professional. They you know they have uh, at least some background and some type of business. Uh, they you know you know you want them to have something going for them that gives them an incentive to fight for us. Yeah. But um, at the same time, you know we we're not really in a position to be too picky unless we are really ready to come up off some serious cash. Yeah. And from what I've seen, they were trying to raise. $250,000, if my memory serves me correctly, for the uh, lawsuit that U.S. Arc was supposed to be uh, filing against um, the United States for uh, the passing of the Lacey Act to try to get the, uh, the four species that were added uh, removed. Mm-hmm. But out of all the money that we claim that we bring in, you know, we're talking about, I, I, don't, I can't even remember exactly what the number was. I know it was a very high number. Um, we could not come up with 200 extra thousand dollars yeah. to put towards you know this, this cause I, I, I had you know that kind of shocked me I, I honestly thought there for a brief moment that people would make that happen but it didn't uh, and the amount of money that they claimed got bought I, I think it was I think they said only about 10% of that was actually raised wow so I I could be wrong on that on that percentage, but uh, I believe that that my memory serves me correctly. That was about the amount that was uh, that was raised in total so far for the cause. So and that's on, but that, of course that was above the typical standard operating cost, which I believe was supposed to be three hundred thousand dollars a year or so. Mm-hmm. Which I mean for a nonprofit organization, three hundred thousand dollars a year that's it's really not that much when you consider how much money that we claim that we contribute to the economy every single year. So, yeah, when you compare you know, the two, there's a vast difference. I'm sorry. Why? Well, so when you compare the two to you know what the reptile industry contributes to the economy versus you know what we contribute to you know the organizations that are you know out there fighting um, against legislation, there's a vast difference there. Exactly, and that's one of the things that's always kind of shocked me. But then that that also shows the limited means by which we're really stretching ourselves to, uh, you know, I would like to see some of the uh, the, the big box pet stores try to take up, a, you know, a donation system uh, similar. You know, if I go in a pet mart, you know, you go in, pay for your uh, whatever items that you want, whether it's dog food or whatever the case might be, mm-hmm. and when you go to swipe your credit card, there's a little thing would you like to donate uh, a couple bucks to save homeless pets? Right. Now, you know, if you're smart, you're going to ask where that money is technically going. Is it going to go to a local shelter, or is it going to go to one of the big organizations like Humane Society of the United States? Right. PetSmart, from my understanding, actually takes donations up for Humane Society of the United States. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, why, instead of that, what, you know, why aren't we trying to work with some of the other big, you know, maybe pet supermarket down, you know, out in the southeast, um, you know, you've got uh, Petco and some of these others. Why aren't we trying to come to them and say, hey, you know, this is what we're trying to do. I mean, if you want to continue to sell pets or whatever, you know, we are trying to work to preserve that right by fighting unjust legislation. Mm-hmm. You know, can you work with us to take up their nation so we can use that for legal battles? And maybe we can also try to make uh, some, uh, some funds for conservation projects, things like that. Because, I mean, that's still uh, an important factor of what we do, and we can't lose sight of that. Because once we lose sight of it, then we, in my opinion, we lose credibility. Yeah, very definitely. No, I totally agree. Now, as far as uh, speaking of legislation and stuff like that, the, the um, Jeff Berenger and his symposium, I wasn't able to attend that. Were you able to go to that? 
I wasn't. Okay. Uh, from my understanding, it was a huge success. Uh, he had uh, uh, he had representatives from U.S. Fish and Wildlife. He had them from uh, a variety of different organizations. Right. Um, you know, there was. But now again, this could be taken as personal animosity between the two. It was it was it was reported that uh, U.S. Art was invited, uh, but uh, nobody from U.S. Art attended. Um, and it was even stated that they even made a name tag for Andrew Wyatt in case he did not show up last minute or something. Okay. You know, without that reserving, and it's set there empty. Uh, but at the same time, uh, according to uh, U.S. Arc, or at least Andrew Wyatt, uh, he had, or Andrew had already had prior engagements at that time. Sure. What those prior engagements were, I don't know. Yeah. Um, you know, it's hard to say. I mean, exactly. But my understanding, it was it was a huge success, and I really hope that uh, uh, right now he's still trying to work on the 2013 uh, symposium as well. Mm-hmm. And I really hope that it's as much, if not more, so as a success as what the previous one was. Uh, and you know, to me, this is something that we need to be doing. We need to be trying to get everybody on the same page. Right. Uh, right. We need to try to find some balance somewhere. Otherwise, USFWS is going to be constantly on our asses. Uh, we're going to have uh, local organizations. You're going to have uh, state agencies, and you know, constantly riding your, your coattails because they always think that you're doing something that you're not. Uh, a lot of these agencies, these organizations, don't understand us very well. They think that we're weird. They think that we are, are you know, just you know, they, they 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 look at us as almost criminal in a lot of respects. Mm-hmm. And we have to do our best to try to break that mentality and say, you know what? No, we're not different. We just we ha- we think differently about these animals. We we love these animals in a lot of respects, and we understand that you don't see them quite the way that we do. But it's not your right to tell us that we shouldn't allow to. Right. And as long as we are doing right by our animals, we're taking you know good care of our animals. We are continuously improving the science and husbandry of our animals. You should not be you know imposing your you know your uh, you know additional legislation on us when we are doing nothing wrong. Yeah, you know, and that's the thing that, you know, kind of gets to me <coughs> is because, you know, as you as you said earlier in the conversation, um, you know, why is it that Jeff Berenger, you know, not that he's not perfect to do so, but shouldn't have, right. shouldn't it have been the other organizations that are bringing all these people together and saying, okay, look, you know, here's, you know, here's the current yeah, legislation, you know. to do that in the first place. That right. was what their business was that's why we were giving them money and that is one of the things they should have done in the first place yeah and why was it that jeff berenger you know he while i'm not i mean i can see why he had a position to do so and why he felt the need to do so and i commend the fact that he did oh sure um but why was it that he was put into a position where he decided that he wanted to act on that rather than you know the two organizations, the two primary organizations that we were supposed to have hired to actually um, work to that end. Why is it that they decided that they had other things to do rather than him? Um, you know, I'm glad that Jeff Berger did it. I'm glad he stepped up to the table and said, you know what? Hey, it's time to put my foot down. It's time to make something happen. And I'm glad that he did. And I hope that 2013 is an even greater success. Maybe. Uh, you know, maybe this is wishful thinking, but I'm hoping that Andrew Wyatt and uh, members from US Art and people from PJAC, um, and as well as all the previous uh, attendees of, of the uh, symposium, are able to make it out there again in 2013 
uh, and maybe everybody can just kind of come together and say, you know what, enough is enough, enough of the BS. We need to try to get, you know, nail some stuff down, get all on the same page. So, you know, you're not constantly fighting each other at the same time when you're trying to fight the enemy. It doesn't work that well. Yeah. You know, we have enough battles as it is. Uh, we have to try to battle public perception of, uh, of who we are, and we have to battle public perception of, you know, what our animals are. Uh, that alone is a huge challenge. Um, really? when, when legislation comes about, when the general public has a say-so in the matter, and they're going to be voting on laws that might ban exotic animals or whatever the case might be, if they don't understand us and they don't understand our animals, they're going, you know, as far as they're concerned, it's not right for us to be keeping these animals. Right. So the more that we in ourselves in a positive light and we represent our animals in a positive light, the better off that we're going to be. Yeah. And that is a big enough battle within itself, much less having to battle each other in the same at the same time and trying to tell each other, well, no, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm not going to defend your interest of keeping venomous reptiles because it's such a small uh, segment of the herb community. I'm going to defend this avenue because breeding ball pythons and, and king snakes and corn snakes and, and, and bearded dragons and leopard geckos this is going to be where the majority of our money is coming from. And they're absolutely right. That's where a lot of the money for our community is going to be coming from. Right. But at the right. same time, we should not be throwing other species under the bus just because of monetary value, because that's not what we're supposed to be about entirely. Yeah. And, you know, the other thing, too, is something that I wanted to point out that, you know, you and I have covered millions of times before in personal conversations is, you know, the reason we get this legislation coming down, it's basically, you know, our own industry's fault. You know, looking at, you know, the things that have come up recently, um, you know, not saying, uh, you know, with the um, importation thing that came down with uh, Glazer, you know, no one's been proven guilty yet, but, you know, Again, there's a lot of speculation of, of a lot of people saying, oh, well, you know, I know for a fact of, you know, and it's like, well, wait a minute. And then you how have... How do you know for a fact anything? What's that? It's like, how do you know for a fact anything at this point? Unless you were there, <laughs> you don't know for a fact anything. You know, and that's the other thing, too, is with, you know, the re most recent one with uh, Global Captive Breeders, you know, getting, um, you know, uh, getting videoed by PETA and then PETA turning over the video to a lawyer and then a lawyer, you know, getting involved and then the raid and what have you. You know, as soon as that story was posted, numerous messages, you know, came across what from, you know, several people in the industry of, you know, oh, I always knew that guy was this, that, and the other thing. And it's like, well, wait a minute. If everybody knew about this, number why one, speak? why say, didn't hey, somebody you know, say these something? People are going to run through the ringer here soon. Yeah, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so it's like, okay, um, <laughs> help me figure out the logic there. You know, if right. you're not going to take care of your stuff. And nobody wants to step on anybody else's toes. And, and don't get me wrong, I get it. I mean, you don't want to impose uh, your beliefs necessarily on um, those around you. You don't necessarily, you know, just because you disagree with one person's method of husbandry, um, don't want to try to impose on that person and say, hey, hey you know what, I don't like how you're doing this, uh, you shouldn't do it this way. You know, I, I get it. We, you're not trying to make waves, 
But right. if you see something is obviously wrong, you know, you, you these animals are living in filthy cages. You know, you're see if you go into the store, you're seeing dead animals in cages and, and that have been obviously been there for a while. Uh, you're seeing fecal matter in cages that obviously wasn't just put there. It was it's been there for a while. Uh, old sheds, filthy bedding, stuff like that. If you're seeing that and you're not trying to say something about it, at least to bring you know it to the attention of, of other members of the community, like hey, you know these guys, they're the bad guys. You do not want to buy from them. You don't want to support these people because these are the ones that's actually going to be you know making you look irresponsible. They're going to be the ones that's actually making you look like you should not be keeping your pets. You know it, it just. The bad apples want to spoil the bunch, and if we try to weed out the bad apples early on, then we have less bad apples to make the rest of us look bad. Right. You know, and so it basically comes down, once again, as you and I have talked about numerous times before, is to policing ourselves, you know, and I think we can both agree that, you know, okay, you know, when you first see it, say something to the individual in a professional manner, don't you know, get on your high horse or soapbox or anything else, just say, hey, you know, what you're doing there, that's not cool. You know, you should really think about changing, you know, how you're doing things. And then if that There's doesn't work... With that, then yes, it can get confrontational if the person wants to take offense to it, because if the person takes the too high of offense to it, it's most likely because they know you're right. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. you know, if they, now, if they're, if they're a truly responsible breeder and they, if if this per if it's just a matter of opinion over husbandry, not so much what you know, your it's, it's it's obviously not animal neglect. It's just maybe they do something differently, and mm-hmm. you're thinking, well, that can't possibly be good for the animal. And if you want to bring it up to the person, then at least then they can say, well, you know, here's here's my experience. This is how I've done it for X number of years. I think if they are a responsible breeder, and there's somebody who's true that their their interest is truly the best welfare for these animals. If that is their, uh, if that's the way that they look at things, they're not going to have a problem with somebody coming up to them and, and just trying to uh, discuss, you know, their husbandry methods or anything like that. Because number one, they can learn something. Yeah. Uh, if they, if this is something new that they're trying, um, they might learn something from maybe a past mistake you made that you can say, hey, just letting you know, I've tried this before and this is what happened. Uh, I would, you know, I don't know how long you've been doing this. But might want to consider, you know, trying something different because, you know, this can actually be harmful. I think a lot of these guys would actually be appreciative because, number one, that means that they're going to have less sick animals. They might have, uh, you know, they might have uh, have a lower fatality rate or uh, of, of, their, of their stock. So a lot of these guys are probably going to be appreciative if somebody came to them in a respectful manner and just said, uh, you know, hey, just a thought, um, have you had any problems by doing things this way or, or whatever? It, it makes them think, and as long as you do it respectfully, they should have no reason to attack you. If they do attack you, it's because they already know that they're doing it wrong, just don't care, and they're wanting you to just not compete. Yep, exactly. So, now, looking forward, you know, and of course, this is all speculation because no one knows, you know, obviously no one can predict the future. With the three organizations and uh, Jeff Berenger doing his thing, which, you know, all three of these organizations are going to be large, and, you know, Jeff Berenger has obviously showed, you know, that he can pull in, you know, U.S. Uh, Fish and Wildlife Services and, you know, basically the legislation board, you know, of these mm-hmm. people who are, you know, making, 
these rulings or making really strong suggestions which are obviously being chosen by Congress and you know the United States government are we just gonna you know in five to ten years are we just gonna be reduced to you know keeping a leopard gecko or you know what do you think is gonna what are we looking at well I, I can say that if we don't get our uh, if we do not get things in order if we do not get our own house in order and we want to continue all the divisiveness if we want to continue fighting amongst ourselves and attacking each other and what this guy did and what that guy did don't get me wrong i understand that everybody wants the truth nobody necessarily wants to support the bad guy but at the same time right now unless this person is obviously a black eye to the public we probably need to try to either reserve ourselves just a little bit to where we can at least try to be functional in our own defense so other if we cannot if, if we cannot do that if we fail to do that uh, yeah i'd say within the next five to ten years we're going to start losing a lot of species because right now humane society of the united states PETA, uh api or born free or whatever name they're going by uh these days um and some of these other organizations they had their ducks in a row yeah they already know how they're planning to attack us and if we do not already have a strategic defense in place. We're going to be running around with our pants, you know, caught, you know, caught with our pants down, and we're going to be trying to defend ourselves one minute, as opposed to already having a well-prepared uh, prepared defense and knowing how to address these allegations that you know might be presented against us. Yeah, very definitely. Okay, so any final thoughts on uh, the organizations and where uh, where they're headed? Well, if I had uh, if I had it the way that I would want it, if I could uh, basically sit all three of them down and say, "Here, this is what I want you guys to do." Here's how I would approach it. I would say, you know, I like how Andrew is. Well, at least the, the direction that Andrew states that his organization is headed. They want to improve our uh, our rapport with uh, the scientific community, the zoological institutions. And I think that is a very important thing for us to do because ultimately they are going to have a better foothold in helping to fight for us than probably what we will ourselves. Uh, because, you know, credibility is everything. Right. Um, if you don't have credibility, your fight's going to be that much harder. With the scientific community and the zoological community, we have a much better fight. Um, so I would like to see, say, okay, you know, with Andrew Wyatt's organization, he wanted to approach things uh, from the, the three, uh, uh, three of our, uh, our um, three different uh, avenues uh, with large constrictors, crocodilians, and venomous snakes. Those three are the hardest thing for us to fight for, and that's just mainly because of the element of danger that is imposed by working with them. So, if we were to try to get him to say, hey. If you, if you want to jump on this and work with the scientific communities and the zoological communities and see if we can build up a viable defense for protecting these, then that would be great. Uh, U.S. Arts, you guys can deal with ball pythons and, and the and, uh, general breeders and, and, and whatnot to try to fight for uh, uh, that defense. PJAC, I'm not quite sure, you know, what I would say. You know, they, they're probably most likely to stick with the big box pet store stuff. Um, I, I would say that, that would be the way that I would like to see it go because if you try to uh, give one organization the entire responsibility for fighting for all of this, it's a lot. It's very difficult to try to fight for 
so many different uh, avenues. You, I mean, our 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 community is is developed of multiple facets, and you know we cannot try to fight for it all that easily. Right. Um, especially when it comes to the dangerous stuff, you know, venomous, large constrictors, and crocodilians. Because a lot of people are going to say, you know what, nobody needs to be keeping that stuff with a pet. And in some general ideas, I think a lot of people misunderstand the difference between keeping things privately and keeping them as a pet. I, I, I'm not really fond of the idea of saying somebody's keeping venomous snakes as pets, as you say, but just saying that they're keeping them privately, to me, is, it, it's, it's a little different. So, you know, we still need to try to help the general public understand how that goes, and I think that would be uh, something that Andrew Wyatt could uh, try to... Uh, to work on is helping people to understand the difference between people keeping them privately and somebody keeping them as a pet. A ball python and a corn snake is suitable as a pet. Mm-hmm. A, a venomous snake, on the other hand, is, is a little bit different. So I would like to see the organizations actually work together. I would, you know, divide up the amount of work, give each organization something to focus on, and then if they would all maybe every so often, maybe once a month or something like that to try to share ideas on what they've seen uh, be successful so far. I would like to see um, that be the way that they can head out. Instead of trying to empower all one organization with full responsibility, drain them to the point that they cannot be effective in fighting at all at the same time, and then we end up losing several battles because one organization was spread too thin. Spread out some of the work and be Equally effective on all fronts. Be the way I would look at it. Yep. Very definitely. All right, sir. Well, I'll let you get back to your uh, stuff over there. It was uh, greatly appreciated talking to you again. Hey, not a problem. It's my pleasure, sir. So there you have it. That was uh, Chris Law talking about uh, you know what we're doing uh, with the future, what could possibly happen with the U.S. Arc, uh, PJAC, and the new Herp Alliance. So. Once again, folks, definitely drop your comments in the comments field and on the uh, show notes there. And we'd love to hear what your thoughts are. You know, you can shoot us an email or uh, drop a comment on the comment field. Thanks for tuning in to the Reptile Living Room. I'm your host, as always, John F. Taylor, and we will see you soon. <laughs>